Toronto leaders feel they put their best foot forward at the 2015 Pan American Games as speculation mounts over a possible Toronto Olympic bid. Competition in the 2015 Pan Ams came to a close today. Up next, the Parapan American Games open on August 7th. You're listening to the latest Sunday edition of ATR Radio. I'm Nicole Bennett. Organizers of the Pan American Games say more than 900,000 people bought tickets to the Games. Over 6,000 athletes from 41 countries participated. The program for the Pan Ams included some 364 events in 36 sports. 16 sports on the program served as qualifiers for the 2016 Rio Olympics. Teddy Katz, Director of Media Relations for Toronto 2015, spoke with me on Thursday of last week. Katz discussed the potential for a Toronto Olympic bid and said residents embrace the Pan Ams in an extraordinary way. The response that we've had from people in Toronto and around the region, it's been remarkable to see just how people have embraced the games and how they've come out in droves to the venues. Most of the events, many of the events were sold out. The fans were as lively as I've ever heard them. We had athletes, uh, including Olympians, uh, like uh, Canada's Olympic champion in trampoline, Rosie McLennan, said it's probably the most lively crowd that she's ever performed in front of. They were just making so much noise, making the Canadians feel at home. But also, i got to tell you, we had a lot of people coming wearing the colors of potentially the, the countries where they might have been born. Uh, you know, a lot of people living in Toronto are actually born uh, out, out of, outside of Toronto. And I think many of them uh, wore that proudly over the course of the last couple of weeks. For instance, Colombia has done very well in women's soccer, and we've seen a lot of uh, people from Colombia dressed in their Colombian team uniforms out in, in Hamilton where we're playing all the soccer games. They've been out there in droves. It's been the same thing for Peru, Venezuela, Cuba, all the countries have, have sort of had their own hometown cheering sections. So we couldn't be happier with the response. Thomas Bach, IOC President Thomas Bach, was in attendance uh, at the beginning of the Games. A lot of different leaders, movers and shakers of the Olympic world have been in and out of Toronto over the past two weeks. So uh, of those who, who you've spoken with overall, do they seem excited about Toronto 2015? Everybody that we've talked to, from the athletes to the officials to the fans, have all said similar things. They've all been uh, incredibly uh, impressed with just everything that's happened in the city. It hasn't just been a great sports spectacle. The city has really has really come to life with all kinds of arts and cultural uh, festivals, and it's uh, we've had great uh, performers from all over the Americas, from the Caribbean from Canada, and they've been performing every night uh, at, at what we're calling our CIBC Pan Am Park, where we have a number of sporting disciplines taking place, but also at Nathan Phillips Square, which is the city hall. We've, cra- we've had crowds on most nights there in excess of 15,000 people to watch these uh, these performers, and so people have been just amazed to see the the atmosphere, the vibe, the the liveliness of the city, and how, how great it's felt to be uh, from these parts right now. And I think people are very happy to, to, to be from Toronto if you're from here and very, very happy if you're from uh, somewhere else to be in the city right now because it is incredibly festive atmosphere. All that being said, this has been a pretty big year so far for Toronto in terms of multi-sport events with, you know, of course, comes to mind the FIFA Women's World Cup, which just hosted there, preceded the opening of the Pan Ams. 
What does this mean, do you think, for Toronto in terms of any kind of future Olympic aspirations? Have you have you and the team discussed that? Well, it, it wouldn't be for us to decide that. We our, our main focus was putting on the best event possible for the Pan Am and for the Para Pan Am Games. In fact, our goal was to to hopefully have the best the best one ever in terms of uh, both the Pan and Para Pan Am Games. If we do a good job, having said that, if we do a good job and everything comes together and as, they, as it has been over the last couple of weeks, it will be up to the civic leaders here to decide uh, their next steps. But certainly can't, can't hurt because Toronto, I think, has put their best foot forward and has really, I mean, the city and the people here have just embraced these games in a way that uh, I think many people are proud of. It, it's, it's really helped, uh, help, you know, create a lot of excitement in this city right now. These games have been uh, have been the, the topic of conversation, not just in Toronto, but around the country. And Canadians have been clamoring, in fact, for more coverage. They want to get even more coverage than, than they've been getting on television. And they've been getting a lot from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, but they're so into it, and they've seen the Canadian team do better. I mean, Canada's right now won uh, as many medals as they've ever won, in, as many gold medals, I should say, as they've ever won in a Pan Am Games in the whole history of the Pan Am Games. And it's really got uh, the Canadian public's attention and they've been clamoring as I say to get even as much coverage as they can get of this so it bodes well for for um, for Toronto and 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 any uh, future attempts if they want to go for an Olympics at some point in time it certainly doesn't hurt their cause but I think that's part and parcel of just how well Canada has done and the way people have just embraced these games. If Toronto were to host another Pan Ams in the future, is there anything you might do differently? Are there any lessons you're taking away from this Pan Ams? Well, there's always lessons. There's always little things that uh, that you learn as you go. And, you know, uh, Toronto is like any other big city where, you know, it has uh, transportation is, is a big uh, thing that you're always talking about and how to move people around as, as best as possible. There, there's little things like that that I'm sure uh, people will learn from. I think uh, people have seen, uh, based on the results here, what a great uh, sporting nation Canada is. That, Canada really gets behind its athletes given given the amount of coverage that, that the games have gotten and given just how well the Canadian athletes have done this is really truly a, a, a one of the best sporting nations if I can say that and and it really came to to, to light here during the games when people saw um, sprinters like Andre de Grasse do what he's been doing in, in on the track in the 100 meters and what he's po- most likely going to do over the course of the next couple of days it really uh, it, it was something that Canadians embraced, and I think I think that will be a lesson for for if if Canada does decide to go for another Olympics. The we saw it in Vancouver as well, so it's not that much of a surprise. But the more a home country can do well in the games, the more the the the, the city comes to life around the games, and I think that will be uh, something that will have to go hand in hand if they do decide to go that down that path. Uh, you know, the Canadian Olympic Committee, I'm sure, is going to want to make sure that that team is is uh, is prepared to do as well as it can because it certainly makes a huge difference.
In other news, Los Angeles leaders have officially opened the city's largest multi-sport event since the 1984 Summer Olympics. The opening ceremony of the 2015 Special Olympics World Games took place this past Saturday at the LA Coliseum. LA 2015 organizers say some 6,500 athletes from 165 countries are competing at the summer edition of the Special Olympics World Games. Over 500,000 people are expected to come out to watch competition in LA. Some 2,000 coaches and 30,000 volunteers will be in the Southern California city for the games. Competition ends August 2nd. I spoke with Stephen Vanderpool, Senior Vice President of Communications and Media Operations for the Special Olympics World Games this past Tuesday. Stephen told me the feeling throughout LA was electric in the lead up to the games and in the days before the opening ceremony all that was left to do he said was get the word out. We're always looking to sell tickets. Uh, the opening ceremony is the only event we are ticketing. So we want to fill up the call him because that's an impactful thing to send to uh, not only the city of Los Angeles, but to the nation, and because of the ESPN's broadcast reach to the world. You know, the goal of the World Games is to build the awareness of these acceptance and inclusion for all folks who have an intellectual disability. And there's nothing better than to have a big Coliseum uh, obviously, Stevie Wonder and Avril Lavigne and Jerry uh, Balvin and Nicole Scherzinger and everyone else that's participating. We, we are confident this event is going to take over the city of Los Angeles and leave a legacy, uh, much like it's left in Athens and, and Dublin and Shanghai. You know, I, I, I've worked with World Cup, uh, with the Women's World Cup in 99, and it's, it's really kind of the same thing. You know it's going to be big, and you know that, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of interest, but this is just the last couple of days has really just taken over the city. I mean, we have two trucks from pretty much every station out here right now. So it, it, it's fantastic. And, you know, as I've always said, you, you know, you meet the athletes and how can you not want to be there. And, and uh, so all, all, everything is paying off. Now, a lot of these delegations are doing things that are, are very natural that you would see. Uh, but for example, American Samoa doing their dances and New Zealand doing their dances. And so it, 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 there, there's very little difference between, you know, a, a delegation arriving at a, a traditional Olympics and a special Olympics. Stevie Wonder, like you said, Avril Lavigne headlining the opening ceremony. Um, I know it's being broadcast on ESPN on Saturday. Will any of the other events be broadcast live on ESPN throughout competition? Yeah, so so ESPN has committed to do uh, 13 hours of, of, of programming uh, during the games, and that includes the opening ceremony. And each night they're going to do a package of, uh, of coverage, usually based around uh, a profile that they've already filmed. So, for example, uh, uh, they've done pieces on athletes from all over the world. So they will build their coverage around that particular athlete um, and then show they'll, they'll have remote trucks around. But it, it, it won't be, say, like you would see on NBC where it's, you know, uh, uh, 24 hours on five different networks. But what ESPN is doing is, is pivotal to what we are trying to accomplish here. We've been a fantastic partner, and it's, it's the entire Disney family from from the local ABC affiliate here to Disney, uh, the Disney family, which is actually stepped uh, up and paid for all the polos for our uh, our staff and our volunteers, and that's you know that's like ten thousand uh, shirts.
I know I saw one of the figures online is 30,000 volunteers or, you know, and that's, that's a huge number. Um, you talk about accomplishments and, and everyone who's helped along the way. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for LA 2015 along the way? Well, I think it's just awareness of your event. I've compared this very much to what, what I did uh, with the Women's World Cup in 99. It, it's just not an awareness of how special an event like uh, the World Games is. Um, same, same deal as it was in 1999, you know, women's soccer, who cares? Um, but it, it's, it's just been an education process, but the payoff now is, is that I'm, I'm sitting here in the Delegation Greeting uh, Center at Loyola Marymount, and uh, we've had uh, we have some TV trucks sitting in front of our building. Uh, the coverage is just starting to explode, and uh, the city of Los Angeles, which is you know, one of the most diverse cities in all the world, is ready to do these athletes. Bit of a stretch, but uh, first time the summer edition of the Special Olympics World Games has been held in the U.S. in 16 years. Um, L.A. was in the running for a 2024 Olympic bid, but of course, as we know now, the USOC chose Boston. What do you think the event being held in L.A. means for a U.S. Olympic bid overall? Well, I think the great thing about the Special Olympics World Games is that it has actually been held in, in cities and countries that have hosted Olympic Games. In fact, the last Winter Games was in South Korea at the same site where the upcoming uh, uh, IOC Winter Games have been. Uh, our last Summer Games were held in Athens. Uh, we, were in, uh, we were in China, although it was in Shanghai, not Beijing. So I think that we, uh, you know, Special Olympics, uh, I think a lot of people are going to see that um, you know, the United States is the best place to hold the Olympic Games, not only from uh, the, the, the support, the TV partners, the corporate partnerships, uh, but the volunteers. And that's really uh, a key part in throwing these games. Uh, you know, we have all these volunteers who are providing their time with our athletes. And in Los Angeles, that was uh, a key part of the success of the 84 games. Peter uh, Ubroff. I uh, just did a, a piece uh, in the Orange County Register where he talked about that, you know, they couldn't have done that without the 30,000 volunteers. Uh, you know, obviously we're, uh, being an Angelino, I'm, I'm disappointed Los Angeles wasn't chosen, but having spent time in Boston, I'm confident that Boston will be uh, a remarkable Olympic city, and hopefully uh, uh, they, they get the bid, and, and, and the games get closer. And this was actually the case in 84. There was resistance to the game. But once you see what is coming, and, you know, Americans want to be good hosts. And I, I can't imagine that Boston wouldn't be one of the best Olympic cities we've ever had. That was Stephen Vanderpool, Senior Vice President of Communications and Media Operations for the Special Olympics World Games. Look out for more Around the Rings coverage this week from L.A. and the 2015 Special Olympics World Games. And as always, check into ATR online on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.